The Sons of Liberty is a politically neutral organization. We believe that the Judeo-Christian ethic has provided the principles upon which this nation was founded. It is our belief that these principles provide not only the foundation and framework for American government and society, but are also essential to the maintenance of a fair and just society. All program content is based on a Christian biblical worldview. One of you said to me recently that we shouldn't rock the boat. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I want to tell you that I am a boat rocker. Good day, America. Welcome, Christians, conservatives, constitutionalists, liberals, libertarians, communists, Islamists, LGBTQ, RSTV, WXYZ people, all the boat rockers around the house, and anybody else I may have missed to the Sons of Liberty radio show here on Red State Talk Radio, where we use the Bible and the Constitution not to see who's on the right or left, but who is on the straight and narrow. I'm your host, Tim Brown, coming to you live from the U.S. occupied state of South Carolina. The editor at sonsoflibertymedia.com, and for our Muslim friends, I'm the infidel that Allah warned you about. I hold to the book, the Bible, as the authoritative word of God. Glad that you guys have joined us this morning. If you'd like to check us out online, please do so. Sonsoflibertyradio.com and also sonsoflibertymedia.com. In fact, if you're listening by way of the radio and you want to watch the video portion of the radio show, that's right, you can see the face that's made for radio. Head over to sonsoflibertymedia.com and there you're going to see two videos at the top of the page. The one on the left side is Bradley's show from Saturday, so that's two hours worth of Bradley Dean. If you missed that, you want to catch it, you can do so up until 3 p.m. Eastern today, at which time he'll be live in that area. On the right side of the page is where we're at. Click on the play button, blow it up on whatever device you've got. Look for the Rumble icon, bottom right-hand corner. Click on that. You can join us in the chat over on Rumble. A lot of friends over there this morning. Good morning and good to see you all, you guys. And while you're there, please subscribe to the channel, Sons of Liberty Radio Live. Sons of Liberty Radio Live is the name of the Rumble channel. And then we're also finally on uh, BeforeIt'sNews.com, top of the page over there. Appreciate Michael Roach and his team giving us a spot on their platform. Back over at SonsOfLibertyMedia.com, right up on where we're streaming live, top right side of the page, you can sign up for our email newsletter that goes out once a day, uh, late afternoon, early evening. That's all the articles we have at SonsOfLibertyMedia.com, including the Morning Show Archive. So that'll be up later on today as well, and you can get it in your inbox. Just go to SonsOfLibertyMedia.com, sign up for that uh, email newsletter. Finally, our store is available. The uh, link for that is right at the top of SonsOfLibertyMedia.com. Click on that, it'll take you over to the store, or you can go there directly by going to The Sons of Liberty. Don't forget the in front of there. TheSonsOfLiberty.Squarespace.com. Again, we're highlighting Bradley's book, Soldier of the Cross. We've got the bundle at the top. You can also get all of these items uh, individually if you want to just do that in the store. But the book is in there, a shirt of your size and dog tag of your color, black or silver. And they start at $34. If your shirt size is double X or larger, it'll be a few dollars more. But otherwise, you can get that. Lots of other items in our store. Great conversation starters and educational materials. So be sure and check that out, sonsoflibertymedia.com. Okay, all right. This morning, I'm going to bring back a, a friend of mine from a while back uh, when we were when I was doing all the writing on um, what was going on down in Lee County, Florida, and the stuff surrounding uh, Deanna Williams and also Carmine Marcino. And then we 
tag Ron DeSantis a little bit on that uh, as far as his involvement, or I should say lack of involvement, uh, in pushing forth the law, which is what he's supposed to do as governor. He's supposed to see that the laws are faithfully executed there as governor. And uh, so we, we brought out a lot of that. And during that, um, I became friends with a guy who used to live down in my neck of the woods, uh, had ran for office out of here. And I said, your name sounds very familiar. Maybe I voted for you as a you know, 20-year-old or so. I don't know. Uh, but anyway, we, we had uh, one encounter up here where we got to eat lunch together uh, just down the road here from me. And um, he's been fighting something for roughly five years now in which he was running for office. And because he had free speech to expose some terrorist ties of his political opponent, um, he got in all kinds of trouble. And uh, the, the state didn't like it, and apparently neither did uh, his opponent nor her boss and some other people. So uh, things are progressing by way of that. They're trying to not only si- you know, silence him politically, they're trying to silence him uh, through the bar that he is. I mean, he's, a, he's an attorney down in Florida, and it's my privilege to welcome to the Sons of Liberty, Chris Crowley. Good morning, man. Good to see you. Good morning. Good to see you, Tim. It's good to be back. Yeah, yeah, it's great. Great to have you on. And, uh, you know, it's been a while since we've done that. And what was it? It was probably like two years ago that we got together for lunch or something up here. And something I think, like you, that, yeah. Yeah, you, so. were, you were down here doing, I think, your training where I used to do some work. They were doing some new apartments down at Fort Bragg. Uh, down near Fayetteville, yeah. and um, now Fort Liberty. So, oh, it's now yeah. it's called Fort Liberty. <laughs> okay, yeah, they keep changing the names. Well, they change the names. I think when they do that, they they want to give you security that's for Liberty, and then they're going to do something else with it. That's just my opinion. But anyway, yeah. we we brought you on because you know you've they've already tried to silence you in the political arena uh, to not get the seat you were looking for, uh, which was. <clears throat> the uh, district is it a district attorney general? Is that what you were seeking? It, it's 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 the DA for Southwest Florida. They okay. call it state attorney. It's the local state prosecutor attorney. for yep. the five county area in Southwest Florida. Okay, all right. Now, what happened in that, Chris? Um, I ran in 2018 and I lost the primary. Um, it was close, and I thought it was over. But um, key people allied with my opponent in the primary, the lady who won, filed tons of bar complaints saying you can't you can't call your opponent corrupt, that you're violating your professional ethics as a member of the Florida bar. And I I didn't think the Florida bar would take it seriously, but I've been fighting the Florida bar now for about five years. I'm still in good standing. I'm still a practicing attorney, but uh, I, I, I. it's been a long fight that we're still fighting today uh, on free speech issues uh, on First Amendment grounds. OK. And the, the Florida bar has taken a, a really anti-constitutional stance. OK. OK. All right. Now, the, the lady that you were up against, Amir Fox, the, there was a reason you said she was corrupt. And that's kind of yeah, this is kind of uh, where I want you to go. Can you tell people what's leading up to this and why you called out the corruption? Because it wasn't like it was hidden in a back room somewhere. You were you were exposing what was going on. Correct. Um, there was failure to prosecute key cases. The the Ryan Modell murder that was a homicide. There was a large scale animal cruelty in these illegal farms. There was a thirty nine percent conviction rate. Uh, There was tampering with a grand jury or improper conduct with a grand jury. I brought up all these issues and more. There was failure to prosecute a racketeering case. 
I called all of those corrupt. I put it in direct mail. I put it in radio. Uh, just like a normal political camp, this was not a race for a judge judgeship. This was for a partisan political office in a Republican primary. And uh, I, I, I went on Facebook. I brought up all these issues. Um, it just just like your typical re- race for state rep or state senate or U.S. Senate or Congress. I called my opponent corrupt. I I blamed her because she was the chief deputy for the state attorney's office, the local prosecutor's office, for failure to succeed or prosecute certain murder cases. Uh, There was there was evidence of grand jury tampering in in, in a case up in Charlotte County, which is part of our five county circuit. And I spent months, really a whole year talking about corruption in the state attorney's office. And I called it I used the term swampy. Okay, this is, you know, this the hit our, our, since the founding of our country, we've had one political opponent attack another based upon facts, based upon, you know, what they do and what they don't do. And uh, so I'm sorry, I'm staying with family and they say I'm being too loud and they're trying to sleep. But uh, <laughs> um, it, it, it really uh, I thought after the primary and I lost the primary, I thought it was done with. But um, we've been engaging with the Florida Bar ever since. Okay, and it's been a big legal fight with the the Florida Bar. Okay, through yeah. bar complaints. Basically, um, nobody sued me for defamation because they didn't defame anybody. But uh, instead, they filed all these complaints with the Florida Bar, and I've had to hire an attorney. And now, now I have a. Thank God the, the 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 Rutherford Institute has come on board, a, a free speech uh, legal foundation. They came on board about uh, three or four months ago, and they've been a great help. Uh, John Whitehead, who I think's been on your show, yes, sir. Is that right? That's correct. Okay, John Whitehead and his organization have 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 been. They, they've come on as co counsel, and they're really good at uh, arguing the constitutional arguments, particularly. Uh, there's a new Supreme Court case that bas- basically codifies what uh, is, is, has always been on the books or always been law. And that if, that if someone believes what they're saying, it's not defamatory. OK. And um, what? Had, it, what kind it, of standard if, is that? No, that? That is the standard. If, if the speaker truly believes what they're saying and they have a good faith basis of saying it, it's not defamation. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But but. The original judge on the case serving as referee, she rejected that. And she said, well, I don't buy it. I don't think what you said was true. I'm applying an objective, reasonable person person standard. We brought witnesses in. That judge later recused herself. She had a conflict of interest. We've actually gone through uh, four judges now. Okay. And we're on our fifth judge uh, serving as referee, as fact finder for the Florida Supreme Court where this may go end up being litigated before the Florida Supreme Court and maybe the U.S. Supreme Court. Um, there was a there was a similar case in Nevada, uh, Gente- the Gentile case, where uh, a lawyer said that there was corruption in the local cops. The, the Nevada bar took him, uh, reprimanded him. He took it to the U.S. Supreme Court and they overturned it. And they said an attorney has free speech rights as long as he doesn't disrupt anything in a courtroom. And I didn't disrupt anything in a courtroom. So it's, it's like I said, it's been a long, complicated legal battle. But basically, um, they're trying to go after my license for exercising free speech in a partisan political campaign. 
Wow. Okay, so let's talk a little bit about what that free speech entailed. Can we do that? Sure. All right. So you're you're up against Amira Fox, and I was dropping at least one of these um, uh, links from a long time ago, 2019. This was May of 2019 when I had written about uh, her being tied to Islamic terrorism. We've got video where she's being confronted. That There's the video if you guys want to see it um, <clears throat> on sonsoflibertymedia.com. I'll have the link in the archive later on. And also the book, I think this was, maybe you want to speak to this. I think this is her uncle, if I understood that correctly. Uh, he it, was. It, it, it's her father's book. Okay, it's her father's book. That he dedicated to her and her sister. I did bring up the book. And uh, in, in addition, her uncle served on the board of the PLO, yep. the executive board twice. And I did bring that up. And uh, the Florida bar said I was attacking her heritage. Well, you know, um, I wasn't attacking her heritage or her religion. I was I challenged her to renounce the book. The book is very anti-Semitic. It's, it's, it's very anti-U.S. Um, it says some really small parts of it. Well, certain parts of it say very outlandish things. I challenged her during the campaign. Hey, uh, you can love your father, but you have to disagree with this. And she wouldn't. So I, I included that as an issue. And the Florida bar took me to task. And I'm like, wait, I'm just talking about the book. And uh, well, now there are proceeds going from this book to her campaign, too, weren't there? Well, I, I don't know, but her father okay. did write a check okay. uh, to her campaign, a thousand dollars. Okay. So, and and that, well, the book was one aspect of it, and I, all I said was I had a big press conference in front of the courthouse with a big blow up of the book uh, two months before the primary, and I said, um, "Look, Miss Fox, do you agree with this book? Say yes or no." And she really didn't answer the question. And then you're right, Laura Loomer. Uh, the, the, a journalist confronted Miss Fox in person and, and said, how do you stand on this book? How do you stand on the PLO? And Miss Fox's reply was to get her thrown out of the meeting. Yeah. Okay. It was a small Republican club in West Charlotte County, which is part of the five county circuit. And Miss Fox was friends with the chair and the chair of the club meeting had Laura Loomer thrown out. And, her, and, 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 and I think it was uh, Miss Fox's husband, tried to grab the camera, that the, the cell phone that, that Laura Loomer was recording. L Laura Loomer is really good in that she'll actually confront people. While most journalists today are, sure. are pretty lazy, but Laura yeah. Loomer just lives on the other side of Florida. She drove over. She confronted Miss Fox on the book, on the PLO, and Miss Fox wouldn't answer. And so I thought it was fair game after challenging on the book. It was one issue of many. I talked more about the low conviction rate, 39 percent, failure to prosecute key cases, failure to get guilty verdicts in a, in a big uh, drug racketeering case. And um, the book was one aspect of it. But um, one judge ruled against us, but then she immediately disqualified herself because she had political ties with Miss Fox. So this, like I said, we've gone through we're on our fifth judge right now. OK. Due to political ties, you wow. know, Southwest Florida is kind of a little everybody kind of knows everybody in Southwest Florida, especially within p politics. OK, <clears throat> OK. Um, so what happened once you started to put this out? Because and I've got something in my throat here. Excuse me. It's OK. One of the things 
that happened as a result of you kind of calling out this these uh, terrorist ties. And my understanding is there's a there's a lot of Islamic money, and when I say that, I mean there, there's a lot of money that comes from those involved with Islam in South Florida. My understanding is that is that's the case. Is that is that your understanding as well? I, I don't know about that. I, okay. I know there was one somebody brought up an issue about one donation to her campaign or her PAC from a questionable group, and uh, I also brought up the fact that her father gave her a thousand dollars to her campaign. I, I, I don't know about what you're talking about. I was more just talking about the content of the book. Yeah, sure. I get it. I, I'm just trying to surround it because because of this, Chris. When I did the reporting, what I was finding was the Republicans down there are not acting like any Republicans. I mean, they, they were involved with pushing abortion. Um, <clears throat> they're involved uh, through Carmine Marcino. That's what I, that's what I yeah. want to say. Um, yeah. they're, they're involved with, you know, a lot of these these intricate ties with each other that keep the status quo in place. Now, they tell everybody they want something different, but they keep the status quo in place. You weren't trying to do that. You were just wanting to do a job on behalf of the people. And as part of running for that office, you're exposing what's going on here. So what happened after that? Because it wasn't just an issue with the bar. Her boss got in on this, too, that she worked for at the... With the state attorney's office, she he got involved in this with you, and that I think people need to hear how this seeking to sur- suppress political speech is a real problem. Well, in Southwest Florida, everybody's a Republican, so it's and it's much more of a good old boy network. And I, I called it out, and 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 uh, it's a small little group of good old boys, um, certain political consultants. Uh, Certain candidates are anointed in background deals. Um, Are you talking about I was arrested for a raffle my campaign had? I was talking about her. her, Well, we'll get to that one. But her her boss, Amira's boss. Steve Steve Russell, he he was the the state attorney. I even worked for him at one point. But uh, Steve Russell was heavily involved in her campaign. And he was one of the key people who filed a big bar complaint against me because I was critical of her and I was critical of him because I saw a lot of problems when I was in the office. And and Steve Russell, really, he, he was not very aggressive on crime. He was the state attorney for many years, like 14, 16 years. But I did notice at the office it was very passive. It was very get along. And, and I, I said it was corrupt. And the lady I ran against was his chief deputy. And then he he was the state attorney. And um, I, I called out a lot of local corruption because there is a culture of corruption in Lee County, Florida. There really is, which is a shame because it's a beautiful area. Yeah, most most places are beautiful areas. It's it's the bad people. It's the rotten apples that you get in there that do all that kind of stuff. So, OK, so yeah. he goes after you and he had a long record. He was called out um, quite a while before you were doing some of this, he was called out himself uh, for failure to prosecute a lot of, you know, criminal activity that was going on there. And my understanding was they didn't want to ruin their great whatever. If it's not a slam dunk for them, they didn't want to touch it. And so they're yeah. doing the people a, a, a disservice down there. Sure. Um, if, if anything got a little too controversial, Steve Russell didn't want to prosecute it. And that was a problem. And Steve Russell was the state attorney and Amira Fox was his chief deputy. And when I, in 2018, I actually declared in 2017, I started calling out 
And some of the cops were even critical. And there was an FBI study that they were failing to take on difficult cases. They were shying away from it. And I brought that up. And Steve Russell was very upset that I brought that up. Okay. He, he took it very personally. Okay. And um, <clears throat> it got very, very heated. You're not supposed to do this in Southwest Florida. You're not supposed to, you're not supposed to mention that the emperor has no clothes on. And, and, and I had fun with it. And I used Facebook. I used Facebook a lot. I used any social media I could. And uh, I got I got ignored by a lot of local TV stations, but not all the time. And I had a, I, I, the big thing I brought up most of all was the low conviction rate, which was based on facts and figures that I got from a, uh, an expert who used to work at the state attorney's office. OK, but I also talked about there was a thing, a case called the Lake Boys, where they, a big drug racketeers, four of them found not guilty. And Amira Fox was taking credit for that on the campaign trail until they were all found not guilty. Then suddenly she said she had nothing to do with the case. So I put that in a, in a cable TV ad and I called her swampy. I called her corrupt. I said, failure to pro failure to prosecute the Lake Boys case. I, there was a large scale uh, animal cruelty in, in the the, the uh, eastern part of the county, a place called Buckingham. And they refused to prosecute that. And many people were furious about that. And then I think you might have had uh, Sandy Modell. They, they wouldn't prosecute the killer of his son. Yeah. Even though he, he was chased down unarmed and they somehow called it stand your ground. Well, you can't get stand your ground while you're running away. So there were many cases, statistics. I did bring up the the, the pro PLO book written by her father. Um, and, and, you know, I, I brought up all these issues and the Florida bar said that uh, one judge said that I crossed the line and I violated the rules of professionalism. And I was like, nothing to do with a, uh, this was had nothing to do with a client. It had nothing to do with anything I did in court. And I've tried hundreds of cases, N nothing to do with, you know, any client or anyone I represented uh, saying that, you know, I stole money from them. So it really is the, uh, and, and not to do with me, like, insulting a judge or anything like that. It was all about partisan political speech. And and my one of my attorneys, Scott Tozian, said he's never seen this in the history of his 40 years of practice before the Florida Bar. The Florida Bar has never taken issue with political speech and taken sides. And and it's it's unprecedented in the history of the Florida Bar. And I do think politics is involved. I think that the Florida Bar has been pushed politically to go after me. And I think that's wrong. Yeah, of course it is, especially when you're telling the truth. I mean, it's not like you were pulling stuff out and saying things that you couldn't verify. You know, you're pointing to a book. There's, And by the way, Laura had um, taken one. In fact, I pulled some of the things that she had pointed out from just from the book. And uh, people can see this again at sonsoflibertymedia.com. But she went through the book and she pointed out certain ties of certain things. And look, I, Laura and I have a little bit difference in, in our foreign policy and how we look at Israel and stuff like that. But this stuff right here was really good. This was a this was a great report that she had and sure. uh, put this out to show exactly the things that you're talking about. And I, you know, for the life of me, Chris, I can't understand why this is an issue that you that understanding that our that the United States before it was quote unquote the United States of America was a Christian nation then it was established that way all you got to do is look at your state laws many of them okay. we did this on we did this on Thursday or Friday of last week many of them concerning the issue of sodomy 
quoted scripture references. And Congress back, what was it, in the 80s under Reagan, whether they believe it or not, whether they're given lip service or whatever, they acknowledged that our laws were based upon the Bible. And so I think it's fair to go and say, well, wait a minute. We've got somebody tied with a terrorist organization, PLO, and we and, and we know that at the root they, they claim Islam. So And our, our forefathers, like Thomas Jefferson, had the good sense to read the Quran so he would know who he's fighting and what they thought and their ideology. I think it's pertinent that uh, somebody running for an office here in the United States of America, whether it's in the, at the local, state, or the federal level, if they see somebody who's coming in with a foreign god— that's what that is, and they're going to have okay. a different law. It's fair to point those things out. Right. Tim, I, <laughs> I, I said this on the campaign trail uh, five five years ago. I don't know what Miss Fox's religion is, and I don't care. And I was, I you know, um, uh, what I was more concerned with was the low conviction rate, failure to prosecute key cases. Um, the Charlotte Sun, a local newspaper, won the Pulitzer Prize in journalism about corruption before a grand jury. A grand jurors were about to indict a cop who killed an inmate at a prison, and um, they were improperly instructed not to prosecute, not to indict. And and that, that made national headlines. And Amira Fox was one of the three prosecutors who was before the grand jury. And now I'm trying to open up those grand jury minutes. And we have a hearing in February on that. So um, I, I was really trying to focus the campaign on, on crime. And yes, we did talk about the book and PLO. But uh, like I said, I don't know what her religion is. Um, I don't care. I was more concerned about, about crime in Southwest Florida, which is growing. Yeah. Okay. Well, I, and I understand, I understand that so that wasn't your focus. Mine is to bring that in because why are they performing the terrorism that they're performing? It's because that's what they're taught to do. That's what their particular ideology and religion teaches them. If they're going to follow in the footsteps of their of their leader, you may not have had that, but I want the audience to understand. We've talked about it in scripture. We read this out of Joshua the other day. You know, when they, when there's new gods, well, then there's war within the gates. If they're gonna if you're gonna bring in new gods, why? Because the gods determine the laws, and we're seeing that. We're seeing the push for. Sharia, we're seeing it from other areas where people want to influence our law that was based upon God's law, and I, I think it's important that we point those things out. In any case, I know that wasn't your point, <laughs> sure. but uh, but in any case, in fact, she, if I'm not mistaken, didn't she come out and she wanted to address that and claim she was Roman Catholic or something too? So that doesn't that doesn't really surprise me either. I believe so. She said she attended a Catholic church, and okay. I'll take her at her word on that, but. Um, like I said, I was more concerned about local corruption and, uh, and, and, and you're running for the local prosecutor's office. So I talked a lot about crime and, uh, I guess I wasn't supposed to talk about that according to the Florida bar. Hmm. But, but, uh, before I, I do have to make just the Rutherford Institute came on board and they've, they've, they've really helped. We have a big motion set for, uh, for a rehearing set for, uh, January 15th. Um, they're citing the U.S. Supreme Court case in Counterman that basically re reemphasizes free speech. The U.S. Supreme Court in Counterman versus Colorado, a recent court case, um, basically said people have the right to have free speech. And long as the speaker uh, in good faith believes what they're saying, it's not defamatory. It was actually a stalking case. 
but they talk a lot about defamation in that case. It's really a celebration of free speech. And what the Counterman case did before the U.S. Supreme Court is it really codified the previous case law, including the New York Times versus Sullivan versus the New York Times about, you know, if you're a public figure and someone says something that they believe is truthful and they have a good faith basis to say it, it's not defamatory. And we're just asking the Florida, basically the Florida bar to apply longly held case law, including case law from last June. And it was the Rutherford Institute that really helped us with the, um, uh, a really good motion for a rehearing to apply the proper legal standard. And we're hoping that that will hopefully get this case dismissed. Like I said, we've been constantly filing motions to dismiss, motions for a rehearing, motions to add new evidence. We've been shot down, but recently the current judge, he allowed us to have a hearing in January on the what, what I call the counterman motion based upon the counterman case. And I'm hoping that everything turns well after that. We'll see. We'll see. It, it gives the Florida bar an out, too. I'm hoping maybe the Florida bar says, oh, yeah, sure, no problem. But we'll see. They've taken a very hard line against free speech in my case. Well, let, let's let here's that's kind of something I want to ask, because some people may be thinking, OK, well, this is like a regular court session. And it's not. This is sort of a private entity, right? This is not well, this is not happening in our judicial system. This is the before the bar. Actually, what happens is, is um, the Florida bar uh, gets a referee, a judge in a courtroom to serve as the fact finder. And we're like I said, we're on our fifth judge. So it is a judicial process. And then the fact finder makes a recommendation to the Florida Supreme Court. And then the justices on the Florida Supreme Court decide whether to enforce that recommendation, which most 90 percent of the time they do. So we're still fighting at the trial level. And, uh, and it is a judicial process. And the Florida bar actually acts as the prosecutor. OK, and, 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 and they've taken a hard line against free speech. And I don't my suspicion and it's, is, is that they're politically being pushed to do this by, by politically connected people, because I don't understand why the Florida bar has taken a, such a, a hostile view on free speech and on political speech, which is the most protected speech of all. Yeah, absolutely. Well, that, and that's kind of what I'm getting at. So what are they presenting? I mean, if they're going to, if they're going to, I'm assuming the point is to find you guilty so they can enforce these kinds of things, which I don't know, all of it just sounds very strange to me um, that you yeah. should be able to, you should be able to point out your opponent's flaws or their ties or any of these other things that should be just right on the table for anybody to do um, and let people come to their own conclusion. So what are they actually coming and presenting as evidence that somehow, if you're finding a guilt, this isn't a criminal court. I'm assuming this is civil or something. It, it's civil. They would okay. find me in violation, guilty of violating Florida bar ethical rules. I'm not accusing anything criminal. And, and that's what the Florida bar is alleging, that I was unprofessional when in a political campaign I was critical and attacked my opponent. Okay, that that's that somehow violates my oath of an attorney. Yeah, I mean, I I don't I don't get it, Chris, because <laughs> don't political opponents attack each other like daily when and, they're on the campaign? Every day. And in addition, I mean, <laughs> gosh, this could have devastating effect to any licensed professional in Florida because realtors are licensed and have professional doctors are licensed. Any licensed professional 
who runs for office and calls their opponent a crook would get their license challenged. Now, the Florida bar is setting an awful precedent here. Okay, and that and, and lawyers run for office all the time. And any lawyer who runs for office, whether they win or lose, can get a bar complaint saying, you know, you, you, you called my you called your opponent a crook. And all the lawyer really has to say, is, well, I thought my opponent was a crook. And, and here's some evidence for it. And that's what I did. So I, I don't understand the reasoning of the Florida bar. I don't. And I'm a member of the Florida bar. Um, but they've taken a, a harsh stand against free speech. And, and, and if if the reprimand against me is up, if I'm reprimanded and let's say I'm suspended for a year or 90 days from the practice of law, that the precedent would be would be awful because thousands of attorneys every year in Florida run for office. And there would be bar complaints flying. You, you called me names. You said I was a crook. You said I was a liar. You, you pointed out that I didn't prosecute this case properly. It, it would be devastating to the First Amendment and you'd have. All these political campaigns end up being litigated before uh, what they call bar referees, the fact finders in the Florida Supreme Court. And this would go completely against the counterman case, counterman versus Colorado, U.S. Supreme Court, as well as the Gentile versus the Nevada bar case that I mentioned. Um, it, what I think, though, I suspect is the Florida bar didn't think I'd fight this. And we've been fighting it for five years. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I guess they figure you're just going to roll over because, well, sure. I done lost, I, I, you know, I've done lost my, my run for the, the office here. And so I'm just going to kind of cave into you and got to do that. Well, that's, that's what a, that's what a, maybe a guilty man does. I don't know. Or a lazy man. Uh, but, but that's not, that's not who you are. You're, you're the guy who says, no, 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 my, my name's clear here. And I'm seeking to clear my name on the issue, whether they give sure. you or not is, is not the issue, but, but you want to clear your name in the, in the matter. Yeah. And, and, and like I said, the Rutherford Institute is really it was their idea to bring up the counterman case and I, this counterman motion. There's a guy named Will Winters, the senior legal counsel there. And he, he really is a brilliant legal attorney. He works with John Whitehead. And, 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 you know, I have more than one attorney on the case now, but the Rutherford Institute has really come in with the constitutional issues. OK, and, and really uh, helped us out. I have an attorney named uh, Ferris Heindel from Marco Island. He, he he's working with the Rutherford Institute as well to raise the constitutional issues. So I'm 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 uh, I'm hopeful that we can take care of this in January and, and maybe, you know, in the next four or five months have this dismissed because uh, the, of the help of the Rutherford Institute and some good attorneys. But yeah, it has cost me a lot of money with my other attorney and a lot of time to to, to challenge these, and it, it it could really have a stifling effect on on free speech in Florida, and then the precedent in Florida it may go to other states too. Okay, and I'm 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 concerned about this because you need to have the right in a political partisan campaign to be able to say, hey, I think my opponent's corrupt, and here's why without worrying about fighting for your, your professional license, whether it be a teacher, a doctor, or a lawyer. And, 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 and I, don't, I don't understand the reasoning of the Florida bar. They are just not making sense. Well, as far as I'm concerned, they're not making a lot of sense along the way. Uh, there was an update on Ms. Williams' case in dealing with one of her attorneys who intercepted that $300,000 payment that he wasn't authorized to do, and the Florida bar didn't do anything to him. 
They asked him questions and he wouldn't answer the questions and then they didn't reprimand him. They didn't discipline him. They didn't do anything to him. I, I, I know you can't speak to that, but I'm, I'm saying I know that, that that's what they did. It, 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 it just seems uh, the Florida bar seem to be selective on who they go after. And, and maybe if you're politically connected, they don't. I, I filed some counter complaints to some people who attacked me and the Florida bar wouldn't 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 go after anybody. They seem to spend a lot of time and effort going after me. I, I just said, if you're going to regulate free, free, free speech, you're going to have to uh, people who've attacked me. You're going to have to go after them, too. And the Florida bar declined. And I, I don't understand the reasoning or the logic of the Florida bar. I mean, they're supposed to follow the Constitution. And in my case, they haven't. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So as of now, you've got a hearing coming up in January. Rutherford Institute's yep. on your side there. And <clears throat> I think they're I think they're great guys there. I, I like John yep. Whitehead. We carry his his uh, his uh, column every week at Sons of Liberty Media dot com. And he's been on the show a couple of times, too. And he's he's a pretty savvy guy. I mean, he understands that they got a lot of people that help them. So what's going to be the next step when you go there in January uh, you're looking for them to dismiss the case. I'm, I'm assuming you're looking for that again. Yeah. But what happens if they don't? What what goes forward after that? Well, if if I get sanctioned by the referee or a recommendation, it will go before the Florida Supreme Court, and we're going to ask for oral arguments. The, they'll give it to us. We, we'd like more than the 20 minutes they normally give, and there'll be briefs, and it, it will be a, finally a decision of the Florida Supreme Court. Uh, they're the ultimate deciders on bar complaints. Okay, so I truly don't know, and the, and the, we'll have a if 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 we fail on our motion for rehearing, and uh, we'll have a sanctions hearing and a recommendation from the 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 trial judge. Okay, and then that recommendation will be taken to the Florida Supreme Court, and those justices at the Florida Supreme Court will decide whether they want to open up this can of worms. Does does the the Florida Supreme Court want to let the Florida bar? regulate political speech. And and that's crazy. They, they did once go after a guy who admitted he lied in a political campaign who was an attorney. This was years ago. But he blatantly lied. He admitted he lied and he got like a 90 day suspension. OK, but I didn't I, I didn't lie. Everything I said was truthful. We, we, we introduced like 30 different articles. We had four witnesses, four or five witnesses testify. We've created a record of saying, hey, look, Everything I said was true. Um, so it's going to be interesting. And I'm hoping we don't have to go there. I'm hoping we get a rehearing. Then we get a rehearing. We ask the judge to apply the counterman case and the ruling in the counterman case, which basically upholds free speech. And then hopefully the case will be dismissed. If that doesn't happen, we'll argue it before the Florida Supreme Court. I, I think some people want this to go to the U.S. Supreme Court, but that, that's very rare. Okay, and and if anyone's been following the the John Eastman case, he was one of uh, he was one of Trump's legal advisors, and he he wrote the famous Eastman memo, and saying that that Mike Pence can delay the electors, and now the California bar is going after him for giving legal advice, and I think that's wrong. Um, I. You know, it just seems that the California bar is going after Eastman. The Florida bar is going after me for legal opinions and political speech. And I, I just don't see that precedent. You know, the, the, 
the bar association should stick to attorneys who do something wrong in court or or do something, you know, steal their clients' money. Okay. Uh, or, or, you know, there are a lot of lawyers with a lot of problems. They, they really should spend their energy on that. Sometimes attorneys lose it in court and insult the judge. That's a violation of professionalism rules. Sometimes uh, attorneys steal from their clients. They should be disbarred. But to get into this political debate, which the California bar is doing against John Eastman and the Florida bar is doing against me, it's, it's a waste of resources and time. It really is. It's I've been fighting it for five years. Mr. Eastman had a 30 day hearing recently, and I believe they made a preliminary finding against him. And I, I just don't think that's that's the way to go. Um, I guess my view is state bars, which you have to join as an attorney, should stay out of these 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 partisan political battles. Yeah. Now, this has a you were talking about a stifling effect on attorneys. This ha this puts a chilling effect on the people, too, because, you know, attorneys are thought of as friends of the court. Um, yep. So they, they got a special status that, that the normal Joe out here, we don't we don't get called all that. Um, so if they're going to do it to you over these things, it seems like it's a it's a preparation to do it to people like me or people like it's in the chat or people who are listening on the radio. It's to shut them up. Should they call out the corruption uh, of certain individuals who are supposed to be representing them or serving them in some capacity? If they call that out, well, this might happen to you. And they may not have the resources to hire attorneys, get Rutherford Institute involved in all of this other stuff or five years to be doing all of this. Yeah, and... Um I mean, all Eastman did, he, he's also involved in the Fulton County criminal case. But what I see Eastman did is he gave legal advice to a client and some people disagreed with it. So now he's been criminally indicted. But I'm more concerned about what the California bar is going after. He wrote a memo based upon his legal opinion saying that that Mike Pence could delay sitting some electors and send it back to the states for further review. The famous it's called the Eastman memo. And the California bar has been crusading against him for giving legal advice to a client. The client was uh, President Trump. OK, and, and I just don't. Why is the bar, the California bar going after Eastman? Why is the Florida bar going after me for, for political speech? You know, bar associations are there to regulate professionalism and to uh, encourage professionalism. You know, you shouldn't be swearing at, at judges in court. You should uh, return your clients' phone calls when they call you. You shouldn't steal from your clients if they set up a trust fund with you. Um, you should diligently serve your clients in court and outside of court. Th those are good things that the Florida Bar regulates. But um, uh, going after political speech for me in a partisan political race, they have no business doing that, and they shouldn't. And we filed two different motions to dismiss that were denied. We've asked for a previously a rehearing. We've cited Florida statute. Florida has an anti-slap statute to protect free speech. And we keep getting shut down, but the judge has granted us a hearing on the counterman motion. They wrote a, the, the Rutherford Institute and Farah's and, and Will Winters wrote a 50 page brief. And it really is a, a brilliant uh, defense of the first amendment and free speech. Sounding the counterman case and sounding other cases as well. And and I'm so glad they're on board. Sorry to keep singing their praises, but they, they really have come to the rescue and, and late in the, the the litigation process. And and I think it also protects other attorneys 
in Florida, too, because attorneys might not want to take on unpopular clients in court. Um, I, I know Farris has defended street corner preachers because the city of Fort Myers has tried to suppress their free speech. Farris Heindel, he's the attorney representing me through the Rutherford Institute. And the city of Fort Myers is always trying to shut down uh, uh, street street preachers who, who aren't hurting anybody. Okay. And and that's what that's the beauty of the Rutherford Institute. They really defend the Constitution and First Amendment rights and my rights, which I really appreciate. Yeah, amen. Well that and that's kind of what I'm talking about when you're talking about they're wanting to shut down these uh, um, preachers out on the street. Again, it, I, there's no authority. I mean, they this the states agree with the federal government and that you don't make law against this. So if there's no law against it, why are they prosecuting? You you don't have a law to, that you're standing on in that, and that's that's I think that's the thing that gets me. And, we're, and you're mentioning street preachers. You know, we had that story that came out this past week. This young pastor out in Arizona shot in the head because he's out there on the street corner, you know, preaching the gospel of Jesus, the, the the gospel that saves men's souls. He's he's shot in the head, and we're going to see more of this come if the people don't put a stop to it. This is what we constantly say, Chris. If the law says Congress can make no law <laughs> regarding free speech, and by the way, for some people who just don't get it and they want to say, well, if you kick me off your property or if you ban me off your channel, whatever, uh, that First Amendment, it applies to Congress. It does not apply to the individual. The individual retains their rights, and if you come on their property with a bullhorn and stuff, you don't have the right to be on their property and to bullhorn. You may stand across the street and bullhorn them, but you don't have the right to do those things. So the rights of the people are retained, but the restriction on government to restrict free speech, well, that's that's in black and white. That's their chains, and we and, yeah. and the only people to enforce those chains are the people. Well, what what I find is I think what they did with the street preachers is they talked about code enforcement. They were too loud. With me, they try to use the bar regulations. It just seems like. People are using these regulations to try to restrict free speech, and that's a violation of the First Amendment. The First Amendment Trump and the Constitution trump code enforcement. They trump uh, that's right. Florida bar regulations. So, um, okay. It, well, yeah, it, and it, you it, had you guys had some of some of the guys who had the signs up that said "F Biden" or whatever, and and stuff in their yard. And they're being taken to task, and I know John Whitehead and his team are also helping uh, to represent those guys or give them some legal advice as well down there in Florida. Yes, there's a, a guy, Andy Sheets. He's a, a yes, somewhat controversial libertarian, and they that's how I got in touch with the Rutherford Institute. But Andy will go on the street corner with an F. Biden sign, and the cops will arrest him. And, and, and I don't understand why they do that. Um, they arrest him and they, they charge him with disorderly conduct. And it it it, uh, it, it blows my mind that, you know, uh, that the Florida bar is wasting time on this, that street preachers, are, street preachers are being harassed, that a guy on the street corner with an F Biden sign might not be the best taste, but he has a right to do it on, on, a, on a public sidewalk. And and, and I, th I think it's a waste of law enforcement's time and it's a waste of the Florida bar's time to keep going after free speech. I mean, let these preachers preach. It's 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 a it's a public sidewalk in in downtown Fort Myers. Okay, and they they, I th I just don't think 
certain people don't understand the Constitution, and maybe they need to read it, and they need to study it, and they need to study the case law related to it. Yeah, I think so, too. I think so, too. Yeah. All right, we got about uh, six minutes or so here, and so I want to give you these final words. If you can speak to the people in that time, and, you know, some people are probably like what I said a minute ago. They go, okay, well, he's an attorney, so he's got some kind of privilege of status. I, I, I know the mindset that will come along with that. Can you sure. tell them how your case actually has an impact on people who aren't attorneys, people who might be listening right now? Well, well, well sure. What, what if you put up a sign that your neighbor doesn't like and follows up with the, the police and, and another attorney, you, you hire an attorney, you can't find an attorney to represent you because he's afraid to go after his bar license. Okay. Um, it, it has a stifling effect on free speech. And that if, if they go after your bar license, whether it's me or John Eastman or whoever's, um, pe- people aren't going to be able to find an attorney when they need one, when they're brought into court for, uh, for, for, for putting up a sign that no one liked or standing on a street corner and preaching. Okay. Um, we, 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 have to, we have to have respect for the First Amendment. And what will happen is no attorney will take the case. They're like, I'd love to take your case. But if I do, I'm afraid that the State Bar Association is going to come after me because I saw what they did to Crowley. I saw what they're trying to do to Eastman that, you know, a lot of when I was trying to find an attorney to represent me before the Florida Bar, I had two or three other attorneys decline the case. And one of them privately told me he was afraid. He was afraid of taking on the Florida Bar. Fortunately, Scott Tozian, who represents me, he's one. He doesn't care. He's done a great job. And Faraz Heindel, who's working as part of the Rutherford Institute, he's done a great job too. But these were two attorneys who had the guts to come on board. So the average guy, you know, you don't want to go to court. Um, you really just don't want to go to court without an attorney. And it could have a stifling effect on free speech for everyone. If every time an attorney speaks up, um, he get he gets flooded with bar complaints. And, and that's it's going to have a stifling effect on free speech for everyone, not just attorneys, but also the little guy as well. Yeah, I think it will, too. And, you know, I'm just I'm thinking through the issue of, of the law here. Um, you know, the Florida bar is not a victim. They're not a victim of a crime here. They're, they're seeking to bring a prosecution against you. Um, yeah. my, my understand, yeah, my understanding is, but they're bringing, are they bringing any witnesses to this matter or is it just them? They, they, they brought two witnesses and okay. which was Amira Fox and Steve Russell. Okay. And they introduced, uh, an interview I had on a radio show and they introduced some of the political flyers I put up, but they didn't produce one witness where they said, Oh, Crowley admitted he lied or Crowley knew it was false. No. Uh, there was no evidence of that. So they just had basically two different opinions. Miss Fox said what I said about her was untrue. Mr. Russell said what I said about his office failing to prosecute was untrue. And I said it was true. And I actually put on more witnesses than the Florida bar. And I introduced more evidence than the Florida bar. But um, and when two people disagree, that's called politics or one side can file a defamation case in civil court. But they didn't want to do that. Basically, they got the Florida bar to act as their defamation attorneys. And and they didn't think I'd fight it. 
and and I fought it, and I'm not going to accept a, a reprimand or a suspension. And 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 if we have to go before the Florida Supreme Court, we'll go before the Florida Supreme Court. So so we'll we'll, we'll see we'll see what happens. I'm, I'm cautiously optimistic. Okay, yeah, yeah, and I, I this was the reason I invited you on because I think sometimes, you know, even though we may not be a Fox News or a CNN or something like this. It's just getting it's getting the story out to other people so they understand what's going on. You know, I mentioned the law before, uh, Exodus chapter 20, and this is one of the things it says, Thou shalt not bear false witness against thy neighbor. It is not talking about, you know, your run-of-the-mill lie or something. This is talking about bearing a witness. In other words, under a legal proceeding in which somebody could lose their life, their property, or any of this other stuff, you're not to do any of that. Now, they're attacking you in such a fashion as to do that, Chris, and they're bringing up things that they're saying, well, you shouldn't be doing this, and the reason they're saying you shouldn't be doing this is because you told the truth about them. So telling the truth is a good thing. We're supposed to expose uh, the works of darkness, Ephesians 5.11, and uh, on top of that, one of the interesting things is what the Lord hates. And I want to—I just want to bring Scripture in here at the end about this. This comes from Proverbs chapter 6. It says, These six things doth the Lord hate, yea, seven are an abomination unto him. Okay? A proud look, a lying tongue, and hands that shed innocent blood, and heart that deviseth wicked imaginations, feet that be swift and running to mischief, a false witness that speaketh lies, and he that soweth discord among the brethren. Uh, now, that's to me, that's this is a big deal because when you have guys coming after you saying things and trying to twist your words or turn them into lies, or they're lying about you in this matter, which it sounds like that they are, this is an abomination before the Lord. And let me put this one last thing in here. Where do they come from? Why do people do this? Well, Jesus told us. This is from Matthew chapter 15. And he said, Are ye also without, are yet without understanding? Do not ye yet understand that whatsoever entereth in at the mouth, goeth into the belly, is cast out into the draught? But those things which proceed out of the mouth come from the heart, and they, what? The things that come out of your mouth, they defile the man. For out of the heart proceed evil thoughts, murders, adulteries, fornications, thefts, false witnesses, blasphemies. These are the things which defile a man, but to eat with unwashing hands defileth not a man. So he's obviously dealing with that kind of thing. But he says... These are things that defile a man. Chris, we're going to have you back on. We'll get an update probably in January. Thank you for joining us. Hang on. I'll say goodbye to you off air. Guides Bradley will be with you at 3 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Central. SonsOfLibertyMedia.com. See you back here in the morning. Lord willing, 6 a.m. Adios. Adios.